0: Hey, I'm Mike Russell from Music Radio Creative and welcome to the Adobe Audition podcast. Honoring 25 years of Adobe Audition, in this series of 25 episodes, I will interview power users of this awesome audio editing software. We'll reminisce back to the Cool Edit Pro days through to the introduction of multi-track editing and bring you right up to date with Adobe Audition CC and features like the Essential Sound Panel this show is brought to you by the awesome audio gear giveaway if you'd like the chance to win my perfect audio creator studio setup head over to mrc.fm slash win and enter now there will be mini prize draws every month with the final gear giveaway taking place at the end of september that's mrc.fm slash win for a chance to win good luck Adobe Audition's 25th birthday. My guest on this show is Grant Cook. He is the host of Film Learning, which is a YouTube channel and show all about recreating visual and voice effects uh, from movies and TV shows in a fun atmosphere where you can learn loads. Not only about recreating voices, obviously using Adobe Audition, but also using some of the other apps in the Creative Cloud like Premiere Pro and After Effects. Grant Cook is an all-round multi-talented multimedia creator. And I'm delighted to have you on the show, Grant. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. So let's get stuck into um, the main premise of this podcast. How are you using Adobe Audition, Grant? Well, believe it or not, I've actually been
1: using Adobe Audition since it was called Cool Edit Pro way back in, oh, God knows when. I'm showing my age a little bit there, but mostly for processing my short film audio, creating some sound effects, mixing them all together, and also mixing my terrible pet. my terrible parody songs that I used to make way back
0: when in the day. Nice. So it's uh, it's very much been a, a complimentary program uh, to your film uh, video editing. Uh, and uh, I take it by watching some of the videos that you create specifically about Adobe Audition for film learning. You're quite a fan of playing with the effects that manipulate the voice. Would I be correct in saying that? Oh, absolutely. I
1: love the effects rack. I love doing just about anything I can to create these voices from video and TV. And while I'm an okay voice actor, Adobe Audition really gives me that push to actually get these voices to sound maybe just a little bit like these... uh you know effects from video and TV that I'm trying to
0: replicate. Absolutely, for sure. So um, later on in the show, I'm really excited. I'll do a deep dive with you and we'll find out some of your favorite effects and workflows. Um, but let's talk uh, broadly about Grant Cook and your background and in particular, maybe um, some audio advice you've received over the years. Let's start with that and find out some of the best audio advice you think you've received in your, uh, your lifetime of producing movies and voice effects and visual effects. What's the best audio advice you've got? I think the best advice I was ever given was
1: don't be cheap when it comes to your microphone and audio software because bad audio is instantly noticeable. I mean, you can get creative with your video picture, but when you have bad audio, it's there to stay. We've all done a lot of noise reduction software processing, and while it's okay and it works quite well in some circumstances, when you've got that really bad audio
0: with the wind's whooping by, you are screwed. Could not agree more with that statement. Get the quality of audio as good as you can at the start. Um, And again, I I want to talk gear with you later on, so getting the right microphone, you have um, already mentioned that. I'm excited to find out later what kind of audio equipment you're using in your particular setup uh, to create that good quality audio. Uh, But let's look at some of the projects you've worked on then, Grant. So, for instance... um, I'm sure you've got lots that you're looking forward to, but over the years of the projects you've been working on, and by the way, is uh, is film learning, is that your full-time gig or do you do uh, other bits related to this whole world? Well, I did have a
1: full-time job uh, teaching in an e-learning environment. So I ran an entire e-learning system for a major hospital, but I've just departed from that. And at the
0: moment I am full-time on film learning. Brilliant. Okay. So let's talk about um, challenging projects. Now, they could be challenging projects related to film learning or a particular audio voice effect you were trying to create, or maybe some other line of work that you were working in before. What would you say, Grant, is the most challenging project you've worked on? Well, when I was working at the
1: public hospital, we did a lot of promo videos and introductions with people that weren't familiar with on-camera work. And we did have this one person who She had this weird habit of sniffing incessantly throughout the entire audio process. So we might have shot a five-minute video, and for that five minutes, she did this sniff like that 46 times. And I had to somehow cut in between these sniffs and, well, edit that out so it actually flowed naturally. And that was easily one of the hardest things I've ever done to make that actually look...
0: Coherent. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, uh, so you're, you're absolutely right in the fact that get your audio quality as good as you can, but you can have the best microphone possible, yet someone's got a cold or they've got hay fever or they keep coughing or something, and then as an audio editor, you definitely have another challenge on your hands. So... Um that's so true. So it's really cool to to hear. At the moment, you are full-time with Film Learning. I've seen a lot of your videos recently, including, obviously, uh, it always piques my interest when I see the Adobe Audition logo and I see you uh, working on creating some cool voice effects from one of the movies or or cartoons or anything like that. I, I think it's fantastically uh, a fantastically creative way uh, to use the software that has so many great effects baked in. Uh, so let's talk now about cool projects and where you're going. Um, What is the one cool thing you'd really like to work on in the future? Maybe something you haven't even told anyone about yet.
1: Honestly, I would love to produce my own music. It's something I have a love-hate relationship with as far as I love music, but I lack any discernible talent to actually make music. So my music endeavours have mostly been parody songs because I can just go and download a karaoke version of that and just plug my lyrics in. As far as creating music and beats itself... I'm absolutely useless, but I'd
0: love to learn. So yeah, that's really interesting that you're um you're interested to work on more musical projects. So how would you go about that in an editing editing sense? Obviously, Adobe Audition can do a lot, but really it can't interface with MIDI or do anything musically like that. So what would you look to do uh, if you wanted to introduce music into your into your audio repertoire?
1: Well, I have worked basically with GarageBand from time to time, but I think that's what might be where I start. But I think I might just be maybe looking at some of your tutorials,
0: and then have a jump off point from there. So that's cool. Excellent. So we've spoken about challenging projects, editing sniffles out or anything awkward in audio and cool projects, uh, musical projects you'd like to work on in the future. Let's go back now, Grant, to your childhood because most of our associations with audio, good associations uh, that get us into this this field. I know you're a very visual guy and uh, you're a whiz inside Premiere Pro and After Effects and software like that. Um, But you definitely have a passion for audio and I can see the passion shining through when you do those tutorials in audition on film learning. So where did it all start for you? What was that childhood memory about audio uh, that made you smile and think this is something I want to know more about? Well, I might have to take you back to 1989 there
1: because on my ninth birthday, I probably got the best birthday present I've ever gotten. And that was an Akai jewel tape deck with a copy of Roxette's Look Sharp. And yeah, I had that and I had a tape of Poisons open up and say, ah, and they were two albums that, yeah, uniquely shaped my childhood, and I've, I've just, I've always loved. Uh Music ever since then.
0: Excellent, that's fantastic. So yeah, always right there from single figures. Uh, you were into audio. Uh, you were into the music of the time of the, the late eighties uh, and just generally having fun uh, with the gear of the time, which of course were cassette tapes. And uh, yeah, it was funny when you used to record stuff on cassette tapes, and sometimes it would go wobbly, and you know, you uh, all that kind of stuff that now is being reintroduced into software like Adobe Audition with the pitch bend and the uh, those kind of uh, plugins.
1: Absolutely crazy! I was looking into that the other day, trying to get something that sounded retro and '80s. Just exploring some of the Isotope plugins for uh, Adobe Audition, and I just couldn't get anything that sounded just the same.
0: That's it. You see, it's, it's authentic. It's that it's that whole debate, I guess, between can you do everything in a digital environment, or do you still need analog gear? And actually, I'd love to ask you about that question. Well, actually, I'd like to ask you the, for the answer from you to that question, but also then I guess later on when I ask you about your studio equipment, we'll get an idea of how much analog gear you've got. But how important do you think analog processing is in this age of doing everything in post?
1: As far as uh, my digital stuff goes, I know people always get a kick out of when I do retro titles or when I do uh, VHS filters or old-style film filters over my, uh, over my effects. So people are always looking for that sort of thing and even when you looked back to last year one of the biggest videos that blew up there was Kung Fury which was a massive 80s throwback and I think that even had David Hasselhoff singing on the soundtrack so people are always looking to eat up nostalgia so being able to dive into analog processing and that sort of thing it's there's still a market
0: for it today yeah, you're right. And uh I'm trying to think why that is. And I guess you, you've coined it there with the, the word nostalgia. You know, people are nostalgic. People want to relive their past, relive those years that brought them so many happy memories. Um, and like you say, with, with film and video editing, you know, you've got VHS filters and things like that. So popular today. And, and you're getting, you know, tons of views or those videos are rising to the top as some of the best that you've created. It's very interesting. It, rem- it reminds me of... Um, Creating a tutorial about how to create the uh, the vintage voice effect again. That's one of one of my most popular ones. It's it's funny how we we just want to create the effects of the past right today. That's brilliant. So you know this software inside and out. Uh, let's get started then. And I know this is this is often a tough question to answer because there are so many good features inside Audition. But if you had to pick just one favorite feature, what would it be and why?
1: I've got to say the effects rack. Right. Just the. the ability to be able to layer effects on your audio without sort of damaging or modifying the original track I just think that's the best thing ever it's like using adjustment layers in Premiere Pro or After Effects your original audio is still intact until you hit that apply button you can do pretty much whatever you want without busting anything I just I love that because it gives you the ability to just experiment as much as you'd like without really screwing anything up
0: yeah you bet that's that's cool I think you can Get a maximum of 16 effects, can't you, in, inside the effects rack. And like you say, you can like plumb one in, take one out. Uh, you can switch the, the power button on and off so you can hear what it sounds like with and without. Um, tweak them as much as you like. And, yeah, absolutely key that it's non-destructive. So what you're doing is not altering the waveform. It's not rewriting a new piece of audio. You're simply experimenting. If you don't like it, you can just delete everything, uh, start again. Uh, but then, obviously, yeah, if you're in the waveform view, hit apply and it's on. So I'm going to narrow you down further. If you had to pick one effect from the effects menu that you would apply inside the effects rack, which one would that be? Back to the interview in a moment. But if you want to win my perfect audio creator setup, head over to mrc.fm slash win. If I had to choose, it'd probably be the,
1: the pitch bender. I know I jumped to that a lot. And or... Well, that's a tough one because I do love uh, boosting the bass with the FFT filter as well. But, yeah, I'd have to go with the the pitch bender because it's my go-to thing when most of the voices that I do are deep, gravelly, gruff voices. So it's the first thing I always go to.
0: Can you give any examples of any, any voices you've tried to recreate? What kind of process do you go through when you think about making a tutorial where, like you say, you're going to recreate the voice of Batman or something like that? What goes through your mind or do you instantly get the effects that you might need to use in your head uh, or do you sort of have to sit there and have a play and figure it out? How does it usually work? Well,
1: the first thing I want to do is nail that base impression that's that's key to pretty much any audio voice ref- effect you want to do. You've got to nail that bass impression. So, for example, the last episode I did was uh, from the Venom trailer, the Venom voice inside Eddie Brock's head, which was a really low, deep rumble. And I had the inclination that Tom Hardy had actually done that voice because it's Tom Hardy and he, he's an acting phenomenon. So I figured that if Tom Hardy can do that voice with his sort of higher-ish pitch voice, I should be able to do this and then I'll find a way that they've processed it in, say, Audition or something along those lines. So i just jump in there and just say, okay, well, it's definitely bent with the pitch just a little bit and then on top of that, they've really, really upped the bass in that. So you can really hear that or bass (laughs) in it. And so I thought I might be able to just put one layer of bass on and then layer another lot of bass on top of that and we'll just see how that goes and essentially that's basic, that's essentially what I did so i think i only had maybe 3 or 4 different layers in the effects rack and it was it, i think it might have just been lowering the pitch slightly then it was uh, two layers of the fft fft filter which by the way i learned how to use that watching your tutorials And I think the last thing I might have done is just add a little bit of reverb to that just so it had a bit of room ambience. And it was, yeah, like like I said, it was just a matter of just experimenting until and listening to that trailer voice constantly until I got the exact sort of approximation. I always say at the end of my tutorials, that was my take on that because you're never going to get it 100%. So it's... It's pretty much an easy out for me. I just say, well, that was my take on that.
0: Yeah, no, totally, yeah. And I I think that's a really good closing line um, because, I mean, YouTube, uh, the comments have got uh, better and they're they're sort of better filtered, I've noticed recently. But back in the day, YouTube used to be quite vicious, really, with some of the comments, particularly if you didn't nail it, if you didn't get it right. Uh, Like, for instance, I I did a a video once on recreating the Dalek voice from Doctor Who. And uh, looking back now, yeah, it's quite embarrassing, actually. (laughs) And people slated me for it. Uh, So have you ever had a similar experience where the or do you kind of cover yourself by saying well that's how I did it but there are other yeah, ways. <laughs> I always
1: say that that's my take, but every now and then you do get someone that just says that was really really bad. And I think there might have been one instance where I did a Kylo Ren voice effect and it was based on his voice from the very first teaser trailer for The Force Awakens which sounded nothing like the what it sounded like in the movie, so I did get crucified just a little bit on that. But they'd say, "Oh, it sounds more like Darth Vader."
0: Which, as far as YouTube comments,
1: that's that's pretty vanilla.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you're never gonna you're never gonna please all the people all the time, uh, particularly if they're able to remain anonymous. Uh, what I always find fascinating is the the likes and dislikes as well on the YouTube videos. Uh, it'd be rather interesting to know who are the people clicking the dislike button? If YouTube would reveal that data, that would be quite interesting because <laughs> there's always some people. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, no, the... Uh, the uh, how how do you find YouTube as a platform to do your tutorials? I'm quite curious. As From a YouTuber to another YouTuber, uh, tell us your experience and maybe some of your tips as well, being on YouTube. Well, as far as my experience on there, it's pretty been... Oh, it's pretty much been overwhelmingly
1: positive. We've been able to sort of grow... I can't say rapidly, but we've been growing consistently over the last four and a half years that I've been doing film learning and uh, as as far as a, a platform goes it's look it's it's hard to break into, but once you get that one single video that actually gets some views, it's just a matter of constantly grading yourself into the ground to maintain momentum. That's what I've found at least because I think I got my first decently viewed video might have been three years ago and I've been putting out a weekly tutorial every single week since then. So it's now been over two hundred tutorials. And I'm
0: well, I'm tired, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it does get tiring creating week in, week out, for sure. I mean it's a it's a lot of work, particularly when you're you really set the bar high uh for production standards, which I know you do. Um, you're not just doing a, a screen recording, uh, you know, here's how you do it kind of thing. You actually have, uh, from what I understand, an intro and outro, which I'm assuming you, you film on some DSLR or mirrorless camera, right? Yes, indeed. Cool. So, um, well, I, I really want to get into audio gear, but let's, um, as you're such a great video creator, let's talk about what what are you using to create those YouTube videos? So um, how what's your, your process? Have you got like a, a nice camera what kind of camera have you got and how are you doing the screen flow stuff for screen recording
1: Uh, i run a panasonic gh4 and for the screen capture i run uh, adobe captivate 6 so it's a pretty old version of adobe captivate but it still does the job so um i've had that for i think six years now and it records in full hd and it's nice and crisp so i'm not going to move from that anytime soon Generally, I just uh, render it out from Captivate and then bring it into Premiere Pro because there isn't a real good workflow from uh, bringing out from Captivate because Captivate isn't it's not really great on audio processing either. So essentially what I'll do is I'll record my complete script in Adobe Audition, bring that into Premiere Pro, start up Captivate and I'll listen to my tutorial as I'm recording in Captivate. So at any given time, I have Premiere Pro, After Effects, and Audition and Captivate all running at the same time while I'm recording. So the easiest way for me to experiment on how my tutorial works and if it works is by doing it. So every time I'll do an episode of Film Learning, I'll be listening to myself, telling myself what to do while I'm doing this cell screen recording process. So basically, that's my workflow for recording the screen during the tutorial i'll just listen to myself telling myself what to do while i'm doing it
0: so yeah a couple more questions then first of all uh obviously i've asked a little bit about your video and youtube workflow there but yeah definitely keen to learn about your audio resources and gear uh what is there in grant studio setup in particular i'm interested in microphones uh maybe mixing boards you've got and anything that you use in your mic chain to create your nice sounding audio what would you recommend
1: well firstly my uh narration uh microphone is a Rode NT-USB. What I use to actually record on my, on my camera is a Rode VideoMic Pro. This is going to get very, very familiar. <laughs> also, I've got, for any sort of uh, lavalier work, I've got the Rode uh, Filmmaker Bundle, so <laughs> sticking with the Rode here. Uh, I've also got a Shotgun mic, which is a Rode NT2. <laughs> I did have an Audio Technica USB mic, but... I just couldn't go past the Rode NT USB because it just looks so damn pretty.
0: So any any other gear or equipment, resources that you'd recommend? Oh, as far as resources, I'd say look if we're talking something like
1: uh, my music library, I use Filmster on every single episode of uh, Film Learning. That's really my bread and butter as far as uh, my music goes. I love the ability of being able to change, say, the tempo and the depth and the power of the music in real time like you're actually scoring. It's just a, It's a massive help for me, especially I'm always on the clock. So, and let's see, as far as sound effects go, I really just have a massive hard drive that I've been collecting audio packs for about 15 years, so I couldn't even tell you what's in that. I know there's a
0: lot of rip sound effects from old Star Wars games and stuff, but... uh, that's just between you and me. Wow. And I'm, I'm just checking out that Filmstro recommendation you made. Wow. You, you've actually, like you mentioned, you've got dials like Momentum, Depth, and Power that you can move for each track uh, to change, I guess, the sound, the pace, the emotion. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. I've
1: been working with them for probably oh, a little bit over a year now. And I've just, I've. I fell in love with that software the moment I saw it.
0: All right. So, uh, well, we've learned a lot from you, Grant. Not only your your background and what you're up to, you're full-time invested into your YouTube channel, Film Learning, at the moment. We've also learned about your workflows, techniques, favourite things to do inside Adobe Audition, uh, which is celebrating its 25th birthday this year, the year this podcast is released. Um, and I'm curious, as a, as a wrap-up now, uh, for that young, aspiring person that's listening, uh, maybe they want to get in uh, to the industry and be an audio producer well, let's face it, in this this new world we're in now, uh, maybe they just want to be an online creator, and that involves doing pretty much everything, the graphics in Photoshop, the audio in Audition, uh, video in After Effects and Premiere Pro. Uh, so they're young, they're aspiring, they're keen to get started. What advice would you have for that person listening now? Uh, easiest thing to say is jump online
1: and absorb every tutorial you can. When I started out, we didn't have online tutorials but now we have an absolute buttload of stuff that you can pretty much learn any kind of software. It's, it, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, if you type in Adobe Audition tutorials online, you've probably got about a million results, and anything you can think of, you can probably find. So, yeah, jump online and just go absolutely nuts, and you'll you, really, you never really know what you're going to discover just by poking around.
0: Exactly, yeah. Be, be curious and, and be looking. And like you say, we do have a, a great resource online now that you can just you can hop to. You don't you no longer have to ask someone else who knows someone else to find out how something's done. Uh, like you say, most of the time, you'd just be able to uh, look for it, type in a search and, and find it. So that's fantastic advice uh, to the next generation of creators. And it's been great to have you on the show, Grant. For anyone who's listening right now who would like to check you out online, where would be the place you'd point them to?
1: You can find me on YouTube by searching Film Learner or learn Archer Films or pretty much any kind of flash effect, I will come up. Or you can head to my website, filmlearning.com or you can hit me up on Twitter at Lone Archer Films and I'm reachable on everything. If you comment on my video, I am going to answer you back.
0: That's excellent. Love it. Grant, thank you so much for joining me on this show. Thank you very much, Mike. It's been a pleasure to be here. That concludes this episode. Would you like an extra chance to win the awesome audio gear giveaway? Hit subscribe and review this podcast. Then email the details to podcast at mrc.fm for an extra entry into the awesome audio gear giveaway. Good luck.